0: Hello and welcome to the Cycling Central Tour de France podcast. I'm Philip Gomes, and with me are Jamie Finch-Penninger, Anthony Tan, and we have a special guest today, Pat Shaw. Hey, how'd you drag him in here,
1: Jamie? Oh well, you know it's a series of negotiations over a seri- over long months of you know going back and forth, and eventually we managed to uh, secure a release for him from the. Triathlon Expo, where he's been successfully <laughs> representing Avanti Away Sports and their products there. So uh, oh.
2: that, that doesn't there's sound. A, there's
0: a plug. You didn't even have to make that plug yourself. I oh, know that one come free. We spoke <laughs> about that for
3: several weeks. How we how we <laughs> slide that into the intro, um, and Jamie did it to perfection.
2: Yeah, it sounds a bit like uh, the contract between uh, Oleg Tinkov and Peter Sagan, you know, similar,
0: similar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except we come to the agreement quite, uh, quite amicably. Amb- yeah, yeah. Um, well, we're gonna get we're gonna get cut to the chase very quickly because uh, last night's stage, stage 19 from uh, Albertville to Saint-Gervais Mont Blanc, uh, which was in some ways epic, uh, well, certainly interesting. A lot happened. Um, Chris from crashed. Pierre Roland crashed. Pretty much everybody crashed in some way. Uh, Nauru Quintana kind of Bradbury himself onto the podium uh, while everyone else was falling down. Um, I'll start with you, Anthony. Your thoughts on what happened?
2: I mean, where, where do you start? <laughs> I mean, there was about 100 things that, that happened last night. I, I felt that Bardet's move was the type of move I wanted to really see from... Richie Port to make the podium I I did say after the time trial I thought uh, it wasn't it almost sounded like the crew over in France were thinking it was a fait accompli that Port would be on the podium I just thought he should uh, it sounded a bit harsh but I thought he should have come top two in that in that time trial and then from that I thought okay maybe look to me that he didn't have the same energy level that he had perhaps in the second week.
0: Uh, Pat you know, uh, you know Richie. Yeah, I do, and I think it's um, important
3: to keep things in perspective. That uh, Richie Porte is by far the highest marked rider, second to Froome now in the Tour. He's being marked more than Quintana. Guys know he has the legs. They know that he's got the ability to follow several moves. And you know, a lot of people are saying, "Is is he still riding for Sky?" Well, he's trying to get on the podium. You know, he lost two minutes with a puncher that probably should have had a lot more team support. Um, and Barday, good on him. You know, he was all balls last night, and he really put it on the table, and he got a reward. But that doesn't mean Barday goes out tonight and doesn't pay a penalty for that. The thing you can guarantee is Port will be back. He'll go again tonight. He'll animate. Um, And back to the TT, Anthony, I think it's important to remember that Port had that crash. He hit his head heavy on that motorbike. We're probably lucky we've still got the Australian in the race, and for him to be sitting fifth, I'm still pretty happy with him, and uh, I think that we should uh, be very insightful about how he's really grown in this tour. I think in two years' time, we can possibly see him even challenge for the yellow.
1: Yeah, I think it's also important to remember how many moving parts there were last night. I mean, uh, Port crashed at one stage, had your back on, as did many of the other contenders, so it's hard to say exactly where everyone's legs were, and it's hard to imagine that it would be you know, at top condition at that stage of the race. Um, also, Mollemer crashing when he did. Would Barde have won if um, Mollemer and then Froome hadn't crashed and slowed up the entire peloton? Who knows? I mean, because he only ended up with 27 seconds, I think, on the line. And it was, you know, I mean, so many different um, variables. What would have happened if we can sit here all day and say that sort of stuff? But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's what it is. And Barde's moved to second, and um, we've got Quintana in third now. So,
2: yeah, I think it's a risk-reward type of move. Yeah, I won't say, and I think Barde's move as Pat alluded to. Yes, he he may pay for it the next day. He also may do another superlative ride. We just don't know how good these guys are going to be in this uh, these final few days. Well, there's only one this tonight. Now we're left with last chance saloon. So I just I guess you just got to commend. A ballsy move like that
3: Remember that tonight's stage Is another descent that's very dangerous And it is going to rain again So don't worry, everything you saw last night You're going to see again tonight, probably worse The difference is there's guys that are going to Just take that on and not remember about yesterday And others that will be affected by it Um, Also I think it was very important last night Sky's tactic was very um, Bold how they just Went to the front and slowed down That group's chase every time Chris Froome was obviously very hurt. Um, he struggled to the line, and he wasn't happy at the finish. Will he pay a price for that? And how does that change the the structure of the race tonight? Does Sky ride defensively to help him, and do they attack early the uh, other contenders?
0: Well, what it's, that's actually a good point. What struck me last night was when uh, when Froome came off, there was a lot of Sky support around him. Even then, uh, it it seems it suggests that the team will ride well and defensively they seem they're riding for one guy there are no complications there
1: yeah i thought they might take a chance and give a guy like valpools garrett thomas a chance at the win by going in the break but no they're fully committed to chris Froome, and it seems that that is their number one goal and they're just going to ride like eight riders next to him if possible there is no plan b no plan well no plan b and he's very much plan a through z so yeah
2: yeah, I mean, when you've got that sort of lead, when you've got the leader in the race, I sort of want to get your opinion, Pat, on Astana. I, I just felt it was the wrong tactic last night. I, I I didn't know what they were doing. It was almost for me, it was a WTF situation.
0: Which emoji were you using for that one?
2: <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't want to tweet yeah, that the out. The one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just thinking okay, I understand the hard tempo, but then they didn't continue with it. The tempo wasn't hard enough
3: was the issue. If they were going to split the race, just split it early. Just put the pressure on. Let's get the field down in numbers or don't do it at all. I think we saw Diego Rosa. He knew what he wanted to accomplish from the day. He went up to Griffco. He said, look, just calm it down a little bit. Don't worry about the guys in the front. We're not worried about them. We need you to set the real hard pace into the base of the climb. Grifko basically told him to bugger off. He said, uh, I know what I'm doing. I'm a time troll. look at me, Grifko. But the difference is, is at the end of the day, Diego Rose is going to be that last guy with Fabio Aru. And he needs to know working off his sensations, not Grifko. Grifko's not important. Grifko pulls off 40 k's to go and rolls in the finish. So that already, that dynamic had already broken down there and already things are pushing through the peloton. So things didn't go right for Astana yesterday. But in the end, Fabio Aru didn't have great legs anyway. He threw down some attacks at the end, but they were more so that he could go to the team bus and and feel okay about what had happened. <laughs> it weren't they weren't doing anything worthwhile. He'll do it again tonight.
1: Interesting uh, that you mentioned Diego Rosa. He was on the wheel of Bardet when they when Bardet made that attack, and he, he had to. Well, he sat up. I don't know precisely what reason, but he looked like he got called back to um, Aru. I would have. Just let Rosa go and sit on Barday's wheel, because Rosa he can beat Barday. I mean, on his best form, he's done he's done great results in the past. I think he's won Milano-Torino, and you know I think he and he won the stage at Vasco this year as yeah, well. Yeah, and he went
3: solo for about 150 k's and actually put time into the GC contenders when they chased full gas. Yeah, in that race,
1: he's an incredibly impressive bike rider. I agree. And I think he if he was sitting on Barday's wheel up that in that final climb, he would have won the stage. So. Uh, and probably a better bet than Aru in that situation. I
3: agree with you saying that Diego Rosa could have won the stage, but I don't think it works with the tactics. That they are trying to get a gain and get Aru onto the podium. That was their goal. There's no point straying away from that. The problem is, why is Aru not on Rosa, and why is he not following Barde? That's what I would be saying as a director sportif. You know, you're the guy. We've come here for you. We've said it the whole time. Get the job done.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a... There's a lack of cohesion. You saw how pissed off uh, Rosa, Diego Rosa was with Grivko, almost telling him what to do. But you, you see the cohesion and the communication that goes on at Sky. Walpole's always checking his man, talking to him in a moment of difficulty. You, you don't see a lot of that um, going on at Astana. So, And then also y- you see how important teammates are. Uh, Molema. Um, you know, Trek, Segafredo, I, I think, are quite light on climbers. And, uh, you know, Molomov, well, he's gone from second to tenth. That's that's a catastrophe.
0: Yep. Uh, Adam Yates probably had the day we were kind of expecting that he was going to have at some point. Um, bit of a mixed bag for him. He, had, he kind of dropped off the pace, struggled. It's late in the race. Uh, he also had a mechanical. And then, of course, he also got... Uh, pinged for, what, a 10-second mm. penalty. That was for rough, wasn't it, for uh, some kind of uh, handsling? Yeah, so apparently Plaza mm. obviously was nurturing him, taking care of him, uh, which you would expect because Plaza himself is really just so experienced at this sort of thing. But um, maybe he gave him a little bit too much assistance.
3: But how much ex- uh, assistance could Plaza give? Uh, it's uphill. I think he probably gave him a hand-sling, and I think it's a little bit silly, actually. There's been a lot of worse things going on. Rui Costa was holding on for gels for like 10, 13 seconds last night. Geez, they were really good gels. They are heavy. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that stuff going on, and in the end of the day, we can't capture it all. But I think some of the stuff that would go on in assistance, you know, it's debatable all the time, and I think that's a really harsh penalty. You know, he's dropped off the pace. I can't see Yates fighting back tonight and being any better than last night. I think he'll probably lose a, a decent amount of time again tonight, but still hold the white jersey. Uh, Mient is, uh, was uh, a, a gallant ride and and really ridden himself into this Tour de France exceptionally, you know um, what's he going to offer in the future he's pretty exciting um, but I think uh, he'll still finish second in the white jersey um, it's been a good battle though and probably one of the good parts of the Tour where it's not the huge names that are fighting out it, some kind of category so it, um, I've enjoyed that one
0: yeah, it's not it's not often we, we talk about the white jersey during the Tour de France, that's for sure um Nara Quintana, on the other hand, continues to struggle his way to the pod- to the podium, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we've 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 kind of looked at him in a different way this year, and uh, but there he is again in second place. And heck, who knows? You know, he could be in or oh, sorry, in third, third place. So, I mean, yeah. he could be in second place by the time we hit Paris. You never know tonight.
2: I mean, it almost felt he's he's got there by default hmm. uh, from last night. So I wouldn't ever say so I I don't see a a massive move coming from him. We were expecting, even before the Tour de France started, uh, you know, in Normandy, we were expecting these long-range attacks or hoping for them because this is what apparently we want to see. But I don't think he's he's got it in him. I mean, it's there's one minute and six seconds separating second to fifth. So I... I won't. I won't say he won't keep his podium place because he he was he wasn't he's not riding terribly. He's just not at, for some reason or another, he's not at the level of twenty thirteen or twenty fifteen. Or could you say conversely, has the the riders around him have, have their levels increased? Certainly, Richie Ports has. Hmm. Um, after
0: the race, uh, after the stage, uh, Quintana was talking about. Feeling good off the bike, but not having that little extra punch. You know, it, it just seems like he's just lacking that little bit extra edge. He said
3: that he's been struggling with allergies. I think that's important to take on. And just because they're small allergies doesn't mean it's not affecting him a great deal. In hindsight, maybe they should have ran the two-pronged Valverde and Quintana and given Valverde a legitimate chance at GC. He probably is in the same place as where Quintana is. He did a great ride last night, Valverde, showing that he's got maybe the best legs in the GC uh, group. Um, But like uh, I think Robbie McEwen actually said last night in the broadcast, and I think he hit it on the head, the problem for Quintana, he did not race enough coming into this Tour de France. He went home and trained, and he tried a different uh, uh, lead-in. Now, the thing the the problem with doing a different lead in to what everyone else does is that everyone else has been doing that for years and it's worked so why change it I don't think he'll do that lead in ever again I think he'll go back to the conventional lead in and we'll see a better rider for it but he's just definitely not got what we hoped he would
2: Yeah I, I think it was Dave yeah. McKenzie actually said oh, he lacked sorry. the the race the race days and probably not just the race days, but the hard race days. I mean, the, the other guys were doing the Criterium de Dauphiné. Uh, everyone knows a mini Tour de France. He, he goes to do this Route de Sud and he whips everyone. So it makes him uh, almost like you were saying about a route. Okay, it makes you feel good if you if you win by, you know, going off on a 180 kilometres to go on the first road stage and then winning it and winning the time trial. Okay, he beat, I think, Chavanel on the time trial, but... Who cares? It's not really a benchmark to the other guys if you're not racing with the other guys. Yeah,
0: and and I think we we did a pod uh, earlier in the year, much earlier in the year, where we we were saying that. It just seemed like Quintana was just staying away from any of the guys who would be his challengers. He was definitely racing away from them. And uh, yeah, so maybe in hindsight, that was the wrong
1: strategy. Well, he, he raced them in Catalonia. I mean, let's bear that in mind, and and won there. So it's not like he's been totally avoiding them. And route to Sud, he did do he did do the route to Sud last year as well. Worth noting that Contador was there on that occasion, so it was a bit more sturdy competition. So I, I don't know if the if the preparation is all is such a big deal as it's been cracked up to be because he has done very similar things in the past, but it it just doesn't look like he's got the legs this year for whatever reason that is. I'm sure there'll be plenty of plenty of discussion from people like us, yeah.
3: Yeah, keep in mind, I think the other two tours, uh, Swiss and uh, Dauphiné, measured up pretty good. You know, Dauphiné, your better riders are, are there. They've they've come to the cream, to the top it, in the tour. LB, it's had a bit of bad luck, some of the riders involved, but your bug, haven't struck one match this whole tour and he was impressive in uh, Swiss. You know, I've been very disappointed with him from a, a, from a young GC rider coming up. He's been... Um, much below par actually disappointing Um, and I think he's disappointed himself as well but I think it's just interesting if I think if Quintana went to Dauphiné and even if he had been given a a bit of a belting if you like he would have come into the tour better prepared okay down on confidence but the legs
0: would be turning nicely okay Uh, we might as well look ahead to stage 20 the penultimate stage of the tour Uh, 146.5 kilometres from Mgev to Morzine and we're looking at five thousand four hundred and seventy-eight meters of climbing, four climbs, one sprint, and it's a long-ish or a reasonable descent uh, to the finish of Morzine. Uh, how do you see that uh, playing out, Tanny?
2: It's conducive to Colombians winning. There, we had uh, just a bit of history. Had in '85, there was Herrera who won there. Then in '88, there was Para. And then, obviously, most recently in the 2012 Dauphiné, you had Quintana. Now, that stage was actually the queen stage of the A. There were six categorised climbs, uh, and Quintana attacked uh, from the bottom of that climb. And he said if he had 20 seconds over the top, then he knew he could win. So that descent, you know, as Pat was alluding to earlier, it could be quite crucial. And then we, we know that the weather is not going to be good again. Uh, so, something dramatic uh, could, could happen on the descent to Morzine. Obviously, you've got also the 2006 Tour de France, won by Floyd Landis. He, he came into Morzine about <laughs> seven minutes ahead of everyone, but I, perhaps I should leave that conversation right there. That's right.
3: We won't give that any legs at all, because what a waste of time, Uh, (laughs) Floyd Landy. But we will talk about the bike race that we got tonight. Oh, sorry, I thought
0: you were going to start talking about his new (laughs) marijuana business. It's interesting too,
3: isn't it? (laughs) Uh, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, Whether the break wins, which I actually think it will tonight, uh, it'll go and get a decent lead. Um, unless someone from that 15th to 7th position on GC slides in there, which I also think will probably, they will be trying. That descent, regardless, whether GC's together for the win or whether they're together fighting for the, top of the podium, it's going to be animated. Um, and so a lot of risk uh, tonight, I think. Throw it out there, try and get some reward. Maybe Dan Martin. Dan Ooh. Martin for a sneaky move. He looked really good last night, but Port keeps bringing him back every time if port hadn't been in the tour dan martin top five on gc but port is in the tour and port hopefully podium in paris
0: and martin talked about that post race as well where he he didn't did specifically say how strong he felt and he felt he was he was among the best climbers in this year tour this year's tour
1: yeah he's certainly going to be what one to watch for the olympics road race i think that's a very big goal for him going forward um Looking forward, it'll be interesting to see how everyone picks themselves up from yesterday. Quite often it's the day after where you feel the effects of your crash um, much more than on the actual day when the adrenaline is still running. So I think we'll see bigger time gaps today if possible. Probably not for Molimer. Molimer will probably um, get himself back up. Tell
3: me, Jamie, do you Mm -hmm. think Molimer will attempt to go a long breakaway and come back on the podium? He's got nothing to lose. He was up there. He had podium, not seared, but he was in a very nice, cushy position. That's gone now. He's nothing to lose.
1: I agree. He's done 10th three times in a row now, and he's had enough of 10th, or top <laughs> 10. Um,
0: 11. You would think he's 11. had
1: enough that. Yeah, yeah, so I, I think he, he will go for the stage win. I don't know precisely what form that's going to take from Trek. They don't really have the strength to drive drive the move drive the peloton for a long time. They've pretty much got uh, Heimar, Zabeldia, and Peter Stetner. Yeah. Um, as their main climbers, so yeah, I think probably the long-range move from Molimo is their best shot at that, but it's going to get chased down by Astana.
2: Kenny, yeah, for me the most interesting thing, or one of the most tonight, will be how does how does Richie get himself on the podium? Does he does he go right from the base of the Zouplant? I think he I think he needs to do a big. A big move, because the guys ahead of him, Bardet, Quintana, Yates, uh, they're clearly not going to give up that their positions, even though Yates is weakening slightly, so there's a, a potential move there, but really, for me, Bardet looks really, really good.
0: Um, before we go, because we've, we've sort of hit the 20-minute mark, uh, are you going to win the NRS again? Look, we Just so that. you know. Yes. This- <laughs> We, we didn't do this off the top, but um, you, uh, you ride with Avanti Eyes Away, yeah, and, uh, I which like is pretty it. much the, the best team in the Oceania region and really probably one of the better. You, you guys are pro conti, aren't you? No, we're no, only continental, continental yeah. but we ride like Pro continental. You ride you like Pro that's the thing, yeah. I know, I you know, know. Yeah, that's it's right. It's
3: not an arrogant statement, the team does yeah. perform well above its uh, pay grade, yep. um, and we've got a structure in place to do that, um, yeah, I'm here because I'm up for an expo for Avanti, Ice Sports as well, uh, promoting their products, but... You're 30? I'm 30 years old, father of two. And, really and ready to uh, yeah my son's five and a half and my daughter's uh, one in september so it's an exciting time in my life off the bike as much as it is on so um moving into the family business a lot more now as well and, and really going into that grassroots cycling so this is the last year everyone's laughing about it <laughs> i'm stating it here so it can't be taken back i've told andrew Christie johnson not to offer me a contract mm-hmm. um so melbourne and warner will be the last race but um don't be worried. I will be fighting it out in the NRS every uh, every tour left.
0: Until the end, yes. Right till the drop. <laughs> and then the Masters racing afterwards. Now I'll go for a break for a little bit so people forget about you. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here. On that note, uh, we will close this, uh, this podcast. Just a reminder uh, to watch tonight. Video coverage starts at 8.30 p.m. on SBS. Streaming also via the Skoda Tour Tracker suite of apps and we're early in Western Australia, South Australia, everywhere. So fire up your machines and tune in. Thank you.